You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 125. Today, I'm talking to author Steve Ozanich about the mysteries of the mind-body connection. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 800,000 downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. James Wedmore here. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is is very special. It's very near and dear to my heart. Simply put, we're talking about back pain. But at the same time, we're talking about so much more. If you've been following along with our weekly episodes here, last week, I brought you my good friend and author of the brand new book, The Mask of Masculinity, Mr. Lewis Howes. And we started to talk about the different masks that we wear, both as men and women, to blend in, to protect ourselves, to repress our emotions, our true authentic selves. And I believe that what we're going to be talking about today is one of the consequences of leaving those masks on. And my battle and struggle with back pain and how our thoughts, our emotions, and our physical pain is all linked together. Now, in the episode, I share my story, and I've shared my story in the past right after it happened. And, you know, the first thing I'll say is that I've had a year with no severe back pain, which is pretty miraculous. And as I told Steve that I read his book, he was really impressed at how open I was to it immediately. And he said it's very, you know, peculiar for most of his patients and his readers and following to grasp the concept so fast. And I said, you know, it's because I've been open to this type of stuff for a long time. So, you know, we're not talking marketing and business, but I do take a holistic view to everything. And it's because I've you know, been fascinated about these topics and the conversations that we have here together every week, that I was able to be open and receptive to this conversation, to see a link to real pain that I was having and realize that it had a deeper meaning, that the cause of it was deeper. So you're listening and, you know, you may not have any back pain or any pain. Now, that's phenomenal. And when I first listened to a podcast about Steve and his work years ago, I skipped over it. And I don't want you to make the mistake that I did. I really want to encourage you to listen to this interview anyway. Not because you're looking for the magic bullet solution to healing a pain or or anything like that. But because the conversation that we get into today is really about a conversation of taking a holistic view of our lives and how to operate 
free of any mental, emotional, or physical pain, to let go of suffering in our lives. You know, when I was hanging out at my mastermind that I'm a member of, there's seven and eight figure business owners there, amazing people. And I was talking to one of my friends, he's been a previous guest on the show, Christian Michelson. And he uh, was talking about, he's like, you know, if you want to grow in the realm of career, you have two choices. You can get a job or you can start a business. If you start a business, you're going to have a lot more growth. (laughs) There's a lot more possibilities for growth. And boy, is that true. And that's why this podcast is here to help you with those growing pains. And, you know, that's something that most people don't tell you is that it's not that running a business is harder or growing a business is harder than a job as much as it is that we haven't been prepared for it. Most people have not been trained and groomed for entrepreneurship. And then they're just thrown in there and told to figure it out. So there is suffering. There is struggle. And it's unnecessary. And I think this is an episode that can really help with that. So I do. I encourage you to listen because this episode is near and dear to me. This is the pain that I experienced and the healing that preceded it has been such a miracle and such a gift in my life. If you do suffer from any type of pain like this, I mean, obviously, Listen and grab Steve's books and his work immediately. But here's the other thing. If anyone you know suffers from any type of this chronic pain, and and Steve will go into all of it, please have them listen to this episode or just send them straight to Steve's books. Please do that. And also, I now have an open ear whenever I hear someone talking about any type of chronic pain. I can hear it as soon as they start talking about it. And I've been able, and we talk about a few cases in in the episode where I've been able to pass on Steve's work to others and it's changed their lives as well. So I really want you to pay close attention to this episode because again, it's, it's just been so miraculous for me. So let's talk a little bit about my special guest today, Mr. Steve Ozanich. So Steve is a mind, body, health consultant, life coach, author. He's penned his first two books, The Great Pain Deception, that's the book I read, and Dr. John Sarno's Top 10 Healing Discoveries, based on his own experience, the work of John E. Sarno, MD, and 10 years of intensive research. Over the past 16 years, Ozanich has helped to teach thousands of people how to heal themselves through his lectures, books, articles, and interviews. He's earned three degrees from Youngston State University, AAS, BSAS, and MBA, with four consecutive Distinguished Student Awards from the Williamson School of Business. Steve is someone who's on a mission, a mission to get the word out about Dr. Sarno's work, about the mind-body connection, about how we can heal ourselves. So without further ado, let's play that interview. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today is a very special interview on the Mind Your Business podcast. I am here with the author of a book that I've called or put in my top five most transformational, most impactful books that I've read of my entire life. That is The Great Pain Deception by Steve Ozanich. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for the opportunity to let me help spread this healing message. This is such an honor to have you here. And for our longtime listeners, they know the story of how I came upon your work and how it's really changed my life. And now the ripple effect of how I've been able to change others, which we'll get into their stories in a minute as well. So 
number one, I just I just want to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing because you know just from talking to you briefly before the show started, I know it can't be easy at times with the controversy and that can surround some of this and the work you have to do to almost just convince people that you know that this stuff works. But I mean, I saw miracles just immediately in front of me. So thank you so much for what you're doing. You're welcome. So guys, I want to get into, I just want to share a quick version of my story because Steve hasn't heard it either. And here's a short version. I was on my honeymoon. Uh, This is actually just about a year ago right now, September of 2016. I'm seven days into a four week honeymoon. We're in Croatia in the town of Split, which has all these beautiful yachts and we're walking down the harbor and there's a this ginormous yacht right next to me and you could look inside the portholes of this beautiful boat and we just come off of a day of hiking so i had a little day backpack like a camel pack on my back and i bent down at the bent at the waist about 45 degrees so i could peer into this porthole as soon as i bent down i turned my neck to the right and bam lightning just went through my entire spine. My brain goes into this survival mode where time slowed down. I got tunnel vision and it was just like the alarms were going off. I was in, I was frozen and I was in the worst shock of lightning bolt pain of my life. It got worse. The short version is, I mean, that's where the pain started and it only got worse from there and continue to get worse because your mind starts going, holy crap, we're in this like foreign country. It's a Sunday. There's no, we don't know where to go. We're not going to like go into a Croatian doctor's office and get surgery. I couldn't even lay down. I was in so much pain that I was crying. I was crying to my wife. I don't know what to do. I've ruined our honeymoon. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we made the decision that we were going to go home the next day. So I said, you get sleep. I can't sleep because I can't lay down. So she propped me up in a place where in the apartment where I could just, you know, stare at an iPad and watch a movie. And it was about four in the morning after your mind has gone through every single thought imaginable. Like, is this my life now? Did I break my back? Did I do something? I slip a disc. I don't know what happened to me. And I've done enough internal work and mindfulness work in my own life that I can kind of just like snapped out of it for a second And I let go and I said, I kind of just accepted that moment. And I said, I can fix this or I can solve this or I can get an answer. And I just kind of got into this meditative state and I prayed, I meditated and I asked, what do I need right now? You know, what can I do? And I had this bizarre memory pop into my brain. It was a memory of me walking on the beach in my hometown from like six years earlier. I was like, why, why am I getting this memory? What a random memory. Well, it was a memory of me listening to the I Love Marketing podcast with Joe Polish. And it was an episode I skipped because it was about a marketing podcast about a guy talking about back pain. And I didn't have any back pain. I was like, boring, skip. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just grabbed my phone and I Googled Joe Polish, I Love Marketing, back pain. And it's this episode from like 2011 or something. And it's him ranting and raving about after 20 years of incurable chronic back pain, he read this book and it changed his life. I downloaded the book, The Great Pain Deception. Two days later, I'm doing you know back dives uh, off of our pier, off our dock into the ocean, just swimming and moving around freely. It was miraculous. And it all happened from your book. And it's now been over a year. I've had two minor flare-ups that in the past when I've had that pain, it, it stays for weeks and it was gone within the same day or, you know, 36 hours. Unbelievable. 
So that's my story. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I think the coolest part was just somehow I got I had that flash of that memory of your work, even though I'd never listened to it or heard anything about it. So it was really cool. And in a moment, I do want to share how I was able to pass the book on and other stories that the ripple effect that you, that your work has had, but I'd like to turn it to you for a moment. I'm wondering how, where did this work come from? And tell us a little bit about your story, how you wrote the book, why you wrote the book and what you're up to doing. Sure. I had back pain begin when I was a teenager and it lasted 30 years. Mm. It was up and down and crippled. I tried everything from everything but surgery. Thankfully, I put that off because now I know it wasn't necessary. But I, you know, physical therapy and acupuncture and hundreds, if not thousands, of chiropractic manipulations and hanging upside down like a bat, (laughs) stretching, trying to pull the foramina apart, all of these things. But in the 1990s, I got so bad, the pain became so bad that I was crippled. I lost over 50 pounds and I was crawling around on the floor on my hands and knees and I was unable to eat anymore. And it was obvious that surgery was inevitable. And so I started checking into surgeons. But before I had the surgery, a friend of mine showed me an article by a guy named Dr. John Sarno from the New York University Medical Center. And the article explained how back pain does not come from the structure of the spine. It comes from oxygen reduction through the autonomic nervous system due to a certain personality type. And I read the article and it it made a lot of sense to me. It sounded a lot like me. I bought his book and I didn't believe it. I threw the book at one point and I went back to physical therapy and I got worse and I began to get worse. And finally, I got so desperate, I crawled back to that book and I opened it up and I began to read it with an open mind this time instead of a closed mind. And I healed. And so after 30 years, I was free. And so I started helping people. People started asking me, Steve, help me, help me with my foot pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, stomach pain, you know, migraines, whatever it is. And they were healing as I was introducing them to Dr. Sarno's work. And so they said, Steve, why don't you write a book on it? You know, you explain it so well. And so I said, "Okay, I've always wanted to write a book anyway. It seems like everybody has one. And so I spent 10 years writing that first book called The Great Pain Deception, basically to honor his work, but to save people's lives. It's that simple. And it has worked. I have tens of thousands of emails from people whose lives that it changed. They healed from the oddest of things. You just can't imagine. Because it's actually mind-body healing. Dr. Sarno called it TMS for attention myoneural syndrome. But that morphed before he retired into... TMS turned into the acronym of the mind-body syndrome because we now know it's more than muscle. It's more than nerves. It's the entire body, the entire network, even the immune system. And so we call it the mind-body syndrome. And virtually every single person heals that believes it. The problem is not that many people believe it. They think that they have a physical body problem when they don't. And the reason is laid out in my third book, which we can talk about too. Absolutely. Oh, it's so great. And again, I know you've had such an impact on thousands of thousands of people. And it's been so exciting that just in one year, I've been able to share the book as well. I have a good friend of mine who had actually broken his back when he was younger, like 18 years old. And ever since then, he'd have back pain flare up. 
you know, but he, it would just come randomly. Right. And he just texted me one day. He's like, what was that book you're talking about on your podcast again? I sent him the link. He got the Kindle two days later. He's like, I think it was less than two days later. It was like the next day by the end of the next day. And he was like, my pain went from a nine to a two. It's like, that was the most amazing thing ever. But another great story is one of our team members, Josh. As soon as I read the book, I thought of him because he'd had plantar's fasciitis. And I didn't really get this until later, but he recently just told me how bad it really was. I think a lot of guys try and, you know, man up and don't talk about your pain, but he was doing everything that he could from, you know, massages and chiropractic sessions to stretching in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening and seeing doctors and, and, you know, he had inserts in his soles and all these things he was doing. And he tells, he tells me, he's like, I was basically crippled. He couldn't drive anymore. I mean, and he's had this since it's 10 years. So when he was in high school, I mean, he's, I don't even think he's 30 yet and he can't drive a car because he was in so much pain. And that was about a year ago. He told me, he's like, tell Steve that he saved my life. And, and it's That's beautiful. Yeah. We work with, it's really fun because we work with his wife as well. So, so I know them both. It saved both their lives. That's beautiful. You did. I mean, you're the one that passed it on. You know, let's put it this way. Let's back up. This is all Dr. Sarno's work. Right. I've never claimed any of it. I'm just a messenger here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you gets, and you mentioned that he did pass just recently. He did. Yeah. The day before he turned 94 this in June, the wow. day before his documentary was released, All the Rage Saved by Sarno. Wow. And um, but he the mark he left on the world changed it forever. We can never go back. He shifted the health paradigm in every aspect of our health forever mm. and so people like you are doing a great service to people just by mentioning it but you said you know plantar fasciitis i remember the story from rosie o'donnell's good friend jeanette barber who interviewed me on her show on sirius xm she had it really bad and she said i was reading your book the great pain deception in the doctor's office waiting room and it disappeared while i was waiting wow so i don't i don't know if she ever had the appointment even and the other guy who had hurt us back years ago that's very common I see it often in people who had skiing accidents. They hurt their knee or they hurt their hip or their hamstring or they broke their back. They think that they have an ongoing health problem for the rest of their lives, and they do not. They do not. Like Dr. Sarner always said, there's no such thing as chronic pain from an old injury. It doesn't exist. Mm. The body heals itself within weeks or months if it's a terrible injury, months. But the brain will often take advantage of that opportunity to latch on to that injury if it needs a physical diversion away from the emotional components that are going on at the time in their life. And, of course, in your case, it's obvious, you know, a marriage is a dramatic life change. It is a huge commitment and a vacation in another country. Those are all things that are that involve the amygdala in the brain that put the body into flight. And so it will take advantage of any time you bend over to pick something up or twist or fall. And then, of course, you go to your doctor and a series of errors begins. Oh, here it is. I see arthritis there. I see herniated disc or I see stenosis or plantar fasciitis. All can be seen on an image, on an MRI image, but they mean nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. This is why he changed the world, you know. But I think it's funny you were in Croatia because I'm Croatian. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> you know, oh, how yeah, funny. Osanich is a Croatian name. My wow. grandfather came over here. That is especially funny. But I want to point out some things that really like within the first few pages of the book. And by the way, I do want to preface, and I'll probably say this in the intro. Or I probably did say this in the intro, which I'll record later, is that even if you don't 
suffer currently from any type of this chronic pain or you're not diagnosed with TMS, I just think it's such a beautiful book to really get a deeper understanding of the mind-body connection, which was just so profound for me. But like right off the bat, you're talking about the symptoms of TMS and we'll get into what that means more in a second. But there were two things that really stood out for me. I was like, yep, that's me. Is one you said the pain will happen when you're doing something that wouldn't normally cause pain. Like you just bend over slightly or you pick up something light or you just move in a little way that you've done it a million times before and it never caused a problem. But this time, bam, you're out. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I mean, that was just such a basic movement. And then the other thing that I believe you mentioned was something around the effect of like, if you've gone through a longer period of stress or work and then you've like stopped working, right? It's almost like you're no longer in that fight or flight mentality. And now that the body knows like, oh, he's on a break. Like, you know, he's yeah, not in this... Good, good point. And that is the most popular phase that yeah. we see in TMS. I call it a phase four TMS in my book. Yeah. So be, because... Retirement. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's a great example. This was kind of like a mini retirement. I, because we were doing a four-week honeymoon, I really pushed myself to get everything that I wanted to get done before we left so that way I wouldn't have to be working that much. So it was like a rather stressful period of time. Yeah. You know, it was like a week. That's, that's the phase four TMS. It, mm. It's retribution for the heavy demands that you imposed on yourself in the time period before that. Ugh, yeah. You know, and I, mine hit critical in the nineties when I basically stopped working at one point and that was it. My health went downhill and I almost died really. And even Dr. Sarno, the man himself, when I talked to him in 2012 on the phone, I said, when are you going to retire, Dr. Sarno? Hmm. He said, Steve, what does retirement even mean? Hmm. He said that it's generally unhealthy. And then they tore down his building at NYU. And he hmm. thought, well, I'm about 90 some years old. This is a good time for me to go out. As soon as he retired, his health went downhill and he died a couple of years later. Wow. And, and why do you think that is? Why, you know, because that, that's there's a lot of I've heard a lot of stories like that when people. Sure. Retire. We. We need to be needed. We need mm. to feel good about ourselves that we're adding value to the world. Yeah. And we just, you know, man does not live by bread alone, right? Right. And so we have to feel our self-esteem has to feel good. We have to have some discipline in our life as far as hours and moving and exercise and keep the brain occupied. But TMS really occurs and all these health yeah. problems occur. So can you when, you can can you expand sure. a little bit more on T- TMS because you mentioned a couple things like sure. uh, there's the original definition which I'm going to mess up what you said it was tension what was it yeah well the original one was tension myositis syndrome yep. but he realized it's more than muscle because myo means muscle mm. he realized oh this is involving nerves and tendons too so he changed it to tension myoneural and then towards the end of his career he's like wow this is way more this is you know ulcers skin problems, immune problems, all of these things, vision problems are all coming from tension in the body. So the key word is tension. Yeah. And then you also mentioned oxygen reduction. So that's kind of how it shows up is that there isn't blood flow in a certain area. Well, that was what he hypothesized. He proved TMS to be true clinically. He Mm -hmm. practiced for five decades, 50 years. So we know that you know, back pain does not come from herniated discs and the meniscus tears in the knee and the, this bone-on-bone bone thing that they're making up and all of these things. This tearing is not causing the shoulder pains, knee pains, foot pains, all of this. It's coming from this loss, this need for the brain to divert the overwhelming emotions that are threatening to overwhelm us to the body so that we have to obsess on our physical body. So the whole key here is obsession. 
The brain doesn't care what it is. It'll create different types of weird pains and symptoms in the body to keep you worried. That's all it's trying to do is to keep you obsessed on your physical body. And so that's the game. That is the game. The brain is playing a shell game. It's yeah. trying to make you worry about your physical body. And I've seen this work so many tens of thousands of times that it's not even worth arguing about with people. You know, they always say, well, I saw my MRI and I saw the tear in my shoulder. Or I saw the, the arthritis in my ankle. You know, I know that doesn't mean anything. My whole right ankle is one ossified lump of bone because I've rolled it seven times in sports. And the doctor is amazed that I can even walk. Hmm. Well, the TMS attacked that. Yeah. And I was on crutches in the 1990s for a long time. Well, that also went away. It's never returned in 20 years because it's not coming from these changes in the bodies like the narrowing, the arthritis, the crookedness, the herniations. The brain is simply using those areas. In other words, when you're under what I call TMS state, when you are in chronic tension because of the demands that you've made on yourself or you've had a dramatic life change happen or is about to happen or a death in the family or anything like that, then the brain will look for these old changes in the body and will often go to the old injuries like your friend you said who broke his back. Yeah. Your brain remembers the injury. And so it will go back there and it will go, oh, yeah, this is a place that he'll think there's something wrong. He'll be concerned about this. And it'll go there and it'll find it. But as we know, everybody heals. It doesn't matter what the state the body's in, everybody heals. And so it's not coming from the body, but the medical industry blames it on the body. And so everybody gets in this loop they can't get out of. Injections, stretching, stabbing, cutting, poking, and it doesn't work. It only shifts the problem. This is Dr. Sarno's Nobel Prize deserving observation called the symptom imperative phenomenon that he observed. The brain, he used to say, the brain will not be denied. You can operate, you can medicate it, you can do anything you want to it, stretch it. The brain will simply shift the symptom from one shoulder to the other shoulder, one knee to the other knee, one disc like Tiger Woods is going through from one disc to the next disc in the back and then over to the hip and then into an ulcer and then into sleeplessness. It just keeps shifting the physical problem for one reason, to keep you obsessed and worried and away from the emotions that are driving it. And so we have to say this, TMS is an emotional process that's being played out in the physical body that's getting blamed on the physical body. But it is not. And the confusion lies in that EPS denoma that I wrote about in my third book, Ego, Placebo, and Symptom Imperative. That's why we're all confused. That's why we have the greatest technology in the history of humankind, and all the health problems are getting worse. They're not getting better. Yeah. Back pain is the number now the number one cause of job disability in the world. And we have the most advanced techniques of everything. And yet it's rising. Because it's not coming from the structure of the physical body. That's why as long as people look for answers on the outside, they're going to suffer. The answers are all on the inside. Now, I, be- I believe that 100, 110%, and I love that. And I know our listeners prescribe to that as well. But to play devil's advocate for a moment, I mean, if you do an x-ray, someone's not, a doctor's not making up when they say bone on bone, right? Like, that's what they see. What's, right. what's the argument there that, like, why, is, why should that not cause pain? Yeah, I, th- good point. Good point. And we also, you just reminded me of something else. We have to say here on the record that this is not a substitute for medical advice that we're giving here. Okay. Mm. I mean, you have to make sure that there's nothing malignant there, something very serious. You just can't dismiss it. Make sure you take responsibility of your health. Okay. But beyond that, 
like Dr. Sarno and the TMS physicians that he trained, there was a couple dozen of them that he trained that are, we call TMS physicians. You know, they always tell you, take these imaging and radiology reports with a grain of salt. You have to dismiss them or you can never heal. As long as you believe something's wrong with your physical body, your belief will create that manifestation throughout the mind body and will keep looping that thought and that reality and you will keep staying in pain and suffering. But bone on bone, okay, there's one. I hear it a lot more. And it's really, even when I hear that term, it makes me cringe. You know, I think, right. oh man, bone on bone, my body cringes. But these people all heal. Even though it's there, maybe something's hitting. I don't know. My ankle's got bone on bone all through it. I have stenosis so bad you can't even see the nerve roots coming out. It looks like they're all pinched in my back, and there's no pain there. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, of course, if you want to get into higher understanding of through quantum physics, you know, when we look at the physical body, it's all space. You know, if we look at it through an electron microscope or we look deeper and deeper into the physical body, there's nothing there. It's all space mm -hmm. completely. You know, they call it string theory now. Even at that point, you'll never see the strings. But, and so what is actually hitting? I don't know. Maybe something's hitting. Now, there are always rare anomalies. I mean, I've seen some weird things happen, you know. A woman's piece of her herniated disc broke off and dropped and hit her, and she couldn't stand up. That's not TMS. And then I saw, I ran into a guy who had an aneurysm in his spine, you know, which was causing pain, and that's not TMS. Yeah. We're talking about the run-of-the-mill, you know, herniations and tears and wearing and arthritis and all this. And so bone on bone, this is a great question, James, because only the TMS physicians know the difference. They're the like the cream of the crop, the elite doctors. They can look at you and say, this is not a physical problem. Well, of course, at that point, a lot of people will get up out of their office and slam the door and leave and go find <laughs> another doctor who will tell them that it is a physical problem. Yeah. But at that point, then you know they don't want to heal. They well, don't want to heal. They want their body to be treated. They don't want to heal. There's a big difference between getting rid of pain and healing. Mm. Healing's about getting to the cause of it. And I want to get into the cause of it more in just a moment, but I, I just want to reflect too on my story. When I was in pain I, that, that in Croatia, my wife found some massage therapist or someone and, and described my symptoms and he repeats back to her, oh yeah, it sounds like he's got a slip disc. And my <laughs> wife's face just like, you know, she was in shock and she looks at me and she's like, it sounds like you're going to, you have a slip disc or two. And it just made it so much worse. I yeah, was like, imagine. Dr. Sarno is the one who said it's a physical structural impossibility to slip a disc. It mm. cannot happen because of the way that spine's designed. It's attached on either side to the bony vertebrae and it can't go in and out of place. That's, that's just something they created out of thin air. Yeah. But in your mind, it's like, oh my God, yeah, I'm imagining literally like a disc that's fallen out and now my, my spine is all crooked. I mean, and you just go to the, like the worst, darkest places and you're so right from my experience. It just, it not only reinforced it and created that like mental loop, it really exacerbated it and made it a heck of a lot worse. So you made it a tangible reality. And then yeah. that doesn't help when they give you bad advice like that, you know, that slipping your disc. You know, I was in a chiropractor probably thousands of times since I was a teenage boy, always thinking I had slipped the disc because they kept saying that. I am not blaming people here. This is not a blame game here. I'm here to help people, okay? Mm -hmm. Some of my strongest allies in the world are chiropractors right now who had severe back pain themselves and came to me and they healed. And now they hand the TMS information out to their people that come into their office and they ask them, what's going on in your life? 
These people are good people. And medical doctors are now hiring me to consult with them on their own physical pain and their healing. And they're changing their practices over to TMS practices. And so there are good people in this world everywhere. The people that are doing the harm that I'm saying here, you know, incidentally, they're not doing it on purpose. I'm not blaming them. Okay. They don't know TMS. That's all. They don't understand it. But Dr. Sarno changed the world. And thankfully, there are people like you who went through this because you would not be an advocate of this had you not been through it yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it's a good life lesson to go through something like this because it puts us back on the right path in our lives. I oh, couldn't agree more. And, and I re-listened to the original episode because it was so fresh from right after the incident. And that was the biggest thing I said was that this was such a gift of an experience for me um, that I knew that like just everything happened for such a reason and partly so that I could because I have a platform and I can share it with so many people. And I talk to entrepreneurs all the time and especially guys. And I can just tell in like five minutes and I'll just like look at them and be like, hey, do you have back problems? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you need to get this book. So, okay, let's, for a lot of these cases of chronic back pain or any type of chronic pain that you've started to describe, we can say perhaps maybe, especially read the, but definitely read the book that we could prescribe or the diagnosis could be TMS. But what is the cause? Like what is actually causing this? I know you started to touch on it. I'd love to go deeper. What is really causing this? this pain? Because the pain is real. Like I, I want to tell people too, like when you say pain deception, oh, it was real pain. So there was no right. there was no deception of yeah, it's, not being real. It's definitely real. That's one of the reasons it's controversial yeah. because they think you're telling them that they're imagining it and they get real defensive right away, which we're not saying at all. This, Dr. Sarno said, remember, he practiced for 50 years. He said it's the most painful thing he'd ever seen in clinical medicine. Yeah. And so this is extremely debilitating. It's not just pain either. I mean, it's everything else, anxiety and depression equivalents and all that. But getting to the cause of it. Yeah, now this is the, this is the way to heal, is to understand why is the physical body reacting this way? I mean, people often think, you know, well, I got a disease. It just happened to me. You know, or I, the pain just happened. My, my dad had a bad back or I have a genetically bad knee or whatever. It's not coming from those things. It is not. The physical body is an effect of the mind. You know, it's only reporting how we feel inside. That's all it's doing. And so Dr. Sarno often said, I don't have a program for dealing with chronic pain. I have a program for dealing with the cause of it. Hmm. You know, but if you look at the industry as a whole, they're dealing with the effect. They're only treating the symptoms of it. And so it keeps coming back in different forms. And so the cause is emotional. It is emotional. It is. But this is another high hurdle for people. It's unconscious. And so they'll say, oh, I don't have any stress or I don't have any, you know, anger or resentment or anything. They don't understand what unconscious means. It means that you will never know it. It's outside of your awareness. You cannot know it. And of course, the paragon of TMS examples was always Helen, Dr. Sarno's now internationally famous Helen was a patient of his. She was bedridden for a couple of years with severe crippling back pain. And her family heard about him in New York, so they got her up there to see him. And he knew when you came in whether you had to have to go to his lecture or you needed therapy. Well he when they told you know him two years of bedridden, he sent her to therapists and under therapy she remembered being molested by her father mm. when she was a five year old girl. And so they sent her to an incest support group. 
And inside the group, she began to get worse and worse and worse. She panicked and called Dr. Sarno back and she said, Dr. Sarno, I believe you. I believe this is TMS. I believe this is the cause. But I'm not getting better with the information. I'm getting worse. And her husband happened to be standing there and her husband said to her, yeah, you know, but you're talking about 40 years of repression. And she collapsed when he said that onto the floor and she began shaking and screaming, I want to die. I want to die. She began seeing her life flash before her eyes, all of these rejections and criticisms. And within minutes, all of her pain was gone. It disappeared. And so Dr. Sarno said, yeah, I see what's going on here. It is protecting us. The pain or symptom is a protective mechanism. It's trying to help us. The brain is trying to create something that we'll, we'll worry about physically, that something's actually wrong with us physically, to avoid emotions that are too painful, too powerful, sides of ourselves that we don't want to see, that we've disowned from our consciousness. And so he, of course, Dr. Sarno said, everybody that came into my office wanted to have the Helen experience. They wanted us to reach into them, rip out these emotions, and they would just walk out of the office whistling and, you know, symptom-free. But it doesn't work. He said, we tried it for years with the therapist, and it does not work that way. We have to do it through education, through understanding of what's going on between the mind and the body. And so these unconscious emotions are a huge sticking point for people. They say, oh, you know, I feel perfectly okay. Well, if you've got serious pain, if you've got a disease right now, things are not okay underneath the conscious waters. There's something going on. And it's almost always a precipitous life event. You know, there was a guy in a restaurant a couple of years ago that walked up to me limping and holding his hip and back. And he said, Steve, uh, or he said, excuse me, that guy in the corner over there said you wrote a book on back pain. Hmm. And I said, yeah, when's your divorce? <laughs> and he was so shocked that he was just staring at me. Yeah. He said, how could you have known that? My wife and I haven't told anybody. We're the only ones that know. I said, well, it's just a guess from experience. It's usually, you know, somebody has died or like you, in your case, James, you're getting married and, and on vacation is a big trigger or something like that. You know, a precipitous event or even a retirement, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. some type of plateau that we reach, you know, and so the brain when it does this, it's saying, I'm going to help you, man. I am going to do everything I can in my power to make you think that you have a physical problem. And then they go to the doctor and a doctor enforces the notion that there's a physical problem there when there isn't. There isn't. And so high-tech imaging has been a double-edged sword for us. It saved a lot of lives through early things. But at the same time, it's crippling people like crazy, looking at things that are natural, normal changes in the body that are normal, that everybody has. And they're blaming it on that. And so the cause is emotional. And the answer is through awareness, mm. is through awareness. When we become aware, in other words, you shed light into the darkness. The darkness is the fear. It's the not knowing. It's the not understanding what's going on. With this education, with understanding what's going on, we shed light into the darkness. And the fear begins to fade. And the body begins to rebalance. You know, and of course, some people need more work, like Helen. You know, some people need therapy, a very small percentage, maybe 10% or so, they've had serious emotional abandonment as children. And they have a lot of anxiety and fear. And so I like to tell people that I work with, this is not a physical body problem. This is a personality thing. Our health is by and large, a product of our personality. And I just wrote a paper that I'm trying to shop to the New York Times and or the Wall Street Journal on the pain personality. I talked about the cancer personality. I talked about the pain personality. I talked about the heart personality. 
which Rosamund Friedman, the medical icons, identified in 1960 called the Type A personality. Yeah. You know, these people are going around, they're yelling a lot, they're extolling their, their anger throughout the world. They have a lot of heart problems. With the Type T, which is what you and I are talking about, the pain personality, we call them Type T for tension producers. They're very much different. They're more uh, like a type B person. They're more quiet. They're more gentle. They worry. They want to make sure everybody's happy. They want to take care of everybody. They're usually responsible, goodest to the point of perfectionistic in many things. And then, of course, the type C is, was identified in the 1960s by Lawrence Lachan. These people are so almost obsequious that they'll often apologize to people for getting sick. Mm. And so it seems like we get different things according to different personality types. And of course, there's no specific lines of demarcation. You know, some type T's can have heart problems, of course, and other things they cross. But, you know, as a generalization, Dr. Sarno gets all the credit. He identified the personality type in his office that suffers pain at the highest level. Wow. Yeah, and I, if I recall, I believe you even mentioned or referred to some of the Myers-Briggs personality types and which ones correspond to that. Do you recall that? I think it was like INTP. Yeah, INFP is the what I noted. Now, that's, of mm -hmm. course, not Dr. Sarno's work. And a lot of people think that's from Carl Jung's work, the great, brilliant Swiss psychiatrist. But that was after he was gone. That was right. the Myers and Briggs. They're the ones it, who came up with this. Yeah. It, it's just, it was just a way to try to, you know, almost quantify what's going on here so people can understand it. Yeah. You know, there are, there are people outside of it, but the one I noticed was INFP, you know, the introverted style, you know, they're usually feelers that have blocked their feelings yeah. and they're thinkers. Instead, we become intellects and this is the problem. The main problem is becoming an intellect, thinking, 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 thinking. It creates beta waves and tension in the body instead of just being and relaxing in the moment and mindfully. And then they begin to heal. They begin to heal. So, yeah. so yeah, it's like I told you before we started here, you know, this is a complex topic and I appreciate so much you giving me the opportunity to expound upon it well, because in it, short interviews, it sounds absurd even to me, but I can see it working <laughs> virtually every single time. It's complex, but at the same time, there is so much simplicity to it. And there's so much that you touched on that I want to unpack a little bit. Like one thing is, you know, you mentioned that it's, it is emotion. I think the way you describe it in the book is like a repressed emotion or unexpressed emotion, right? And if it's subconscious or unconscious, well, perhaps the pain is actually a gift because if it's happening un subconsciously, then we don't know. And it's something that we do need to process or express that, it's almost as if it is It is there, almost like when you put your hand over a stove, that's going to hurt because it's your body trying to tell you, yo, take your hand away from the stove. I mean, have you come to that right. kind of conclusion that, that this pain is actually there to serve us or it's a gift in some way? Yes. Uh, even the TMS physicians that I work with closely, you know, we call it a gift of nature. Yeah. You know, there are people that don't have pain. They have some type of weird genetic condition and they die early. Hmm. No, it's warning us. Now, if you, like you said, you put your hand on a hot stove, it's a warning, right? This yeah. is dangerous to you. Get away. You step on a piece of glass, you know, this is dangerous. This type of pain we're talking about is an internal warning. Your life is not where you want it to be. And your emotions are dangerous. Actually, Freud called anxiety a danger signal. And so we have to remember, too, TMSing, which is what we're doing when the body's producing these things, is equivalent to anxiety. 
And it's equivalent to depression. It's equivalent to workaholism. It's equivalent to gambleholism, whatever you want to call it. Anything where you obsess drug addiction, these are all equivalents. They're diverting your emotional base because you don't like what you see in your life and you're obsessing on something. And so I see people heal from TMS that I work with and boom, they immediately get a phobia. All of a sudden, they're afraid of spiders. One comes to mind right now. She became immediately afraid of spiders because her brain was still TMSing, even though she wasn't. She didn't have any more physical body problems. She still needed to worry about something because her fear was too high. And so this is the heart of it, James. It's all fear-based. All of our life problems, everything in our life, the biggest problems is based on fear all of our health problems. And what is fear? We know now from the great minds that fear is the opposite of love. It's the very opposite. Fear is not knowing. It's darkness. It's not understanding. Love is the opposite. Love is knowing, connected, feeling one, feeling this beautiful bliss, understanding, complete understanding. And so it may sound corny, you know, to say it here, but love is the answer here. It is love. And the late, great Louise Hay said, she just passed away a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago. She said, of everybody I've ever worked with in my life, they all had a level of self-hatred within them. And this is what I see, too. You know, there's no love for themselves. And so they push themselves to be goodest, perfectionistic, trying to make everybody like them, trying to do everything for everybody. The deeper psyche despises this. It hates having to work for love. And yet people who don't have a great self-esteem or who they want to be liked, they don't want to be rejected by society, they push harder than they should. And that they need to. And so love is the answer. Fear is the problem. Fear is the cause. I love I love this, Steve. And I want you to know it's not cheesy, especially not here. In fact, I just read a couple of weeks ago a profound book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Have you heard of this book before? No, but that is a great title. I might get that. Yeah, book. it's a great book. I'm going to have the author of that book on the podcast as well. He just gave us a yes. I'm very excited. It's 50 pages long and it's all about creating this fierce commitment to loving yourself fully. And I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. I started that as a daily practice about two weeks ago. And it's like I'm seeing the world in technicolor right now. It's just, it's amazing. So this leads me to my next question, which I think you've kind of answered, but I want to really make sure that we've, we've got everything here. Let's say for someone who wanted to almost take preventative measures, right? I know most of the people, if not every single one of them that comes to your work, is because they're looking for a solution after they have the problem. But what about the person that you could impact that will now have the opportunity to never experience this pain? How should they live? How should they be carrying out their day? And what type of ways of beings should they be stepping into? You're opening up a new can of worms here that I need to talk about. Mm. I'm glad you asked this. First of all, I guess if you're symptom-free and you're happy, then you're okay. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. You're where your deeper self wants to be. Now, you're talking almost about preventative medicine or defensive medicine, which is actually one of the main problems in our society. I know it's taboo to talk about it because people say, hey, if you catch something early enough, you can save the life. We don't know that. You can't disprove a negative. Mm. You can't say someone would have died because they caught something early. It might have gone away on its own. We don't know that. But they keep you in fear. Remember, fear is the operative word here, right? And so, you know, I'm a Christian guy, and I understand what Jesus meant now when he said, you know, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And we're getting into the work of Greg Braden right here, you know. 
in this divine matrix that we live in and what we get when we manifest things in our lives. I mean, breast cancer is up like 11,000% because we're looking. John Wheeler was one of my favorite quantum physicists of all time. He died in the early 2000s. And he said, I have no doubt we'll find new planets because we're looking for them. Hmm. We're going to manifest them from this energy field. Okay. And I think if you remember from last year, they discovered a couple more planets in our solar system. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we are looking, seeking, you will find. And so when you're looking for certain things, they will manifest. And I, I have a great example. You know, I had a guy that was at a bachelor party with me and he, he was getting married and he woke up the next day after a night of heavy drinking and he woke up naked next to, uh, next to a naked girl. And he said, I, Steve, did I have sex with her? I said, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we were all partying and he started to panic and panic and panic. And then pretty soon he developed an infection. Hmm. And we found the girl and somebody she did have sex with and they, neither one of them had, a, had an infection. So I told Dr. Sarno this i told one of the tms physicians they said we see that a lot a spouse who has cheated on somebody with great guilt will get a disease steve i had i had a friend in college that almost identical story happened and it it manifested as a sexually transmitted disease yes yes And, and if you remember in the great pain deception i talked at the end of it about a great psychiatrist in america his name was gerald jampolsky hmm He wrote a really great book, by the way. I recommend to everybody. It's called Love is Letting Go of Fear. It's based on A Course in Miracles, but he had lifelong back pain. Okay. And that's why I put put him in my book. But he said, and then a voice came to me one day. "You, You are holding grievances against people. You know, he's got all these emotions underneath that he's not, they're not settled in him. He said he began to forgive and he began to love again. And the back pain disappeared and it never came back. But in the book, in his book, he talked about how so many of the medical students came down with the diseases that they were studying in medical school. Wow. And so I contacted him to see, is it the real disease or is it, you know, simulacrum, a hyperreality, a, a simulation of it? And he said, well, Steve, sometimes they got the actual disease. Sometimes it was a simulation of it. And so the mind body really doesn't have a way to distinguish between what's real and isn't real. And so we have to be very careful with the words that we use to ourselves and what we believe because the mind body believes it. If you think you're sick, then you are and you will become sick. If you think you are free and you are healthy, you your mind body will begin to change, to match, to adapt the perception of how you feel about yourselves. And so it's dangerous territory to be preventing at some point, you know, trying to say, now, let me head off pain. I'll start doing this. What you're doing is you're putting in your mind, there's trouble coming. There's trouble coming. Yeah. And so I would be very cautious. I would say live your life free and happy. Do what you want to do with your life. Do what you love. Find somebody to love. It's not your job to go out and find people to love you. You go out and find people to love, Mm -hmm. and it will come back a thousandfold back to you. And so it's about our lives, our health is really a balance sheet on the state of our relationships at any one moment in time. The most important one being the one with yourself. Yes. I love that. Now, when I recorded my original episode talking about my story, Josh, who is one of my employees, he's like, you know, you didn't really get into, well, what was the work done in the book? Like what were the steps, right? Like most of us are looking for like the steps. And the first thing I'm going to say is that, because you've touched upon it, the healing is the knowledge. 
and this like awareness that gets created reading the book was what healed the pain yes. for me. It was and you were you were one of the rare you were one of the ones that people get angry at <laughs> that I work with you know who, who are able to read it. Yeah. it that's probably ten to fifteen percent of the people who are ready aware enough, accept it immediately and see themselves in it and heal. You are one of those. It usually takes a little more work, a little more repetition and all that. But you bring up another great point is people will say, what's your program? (laughs) I'll say, I don't have a program. The program is the problem. Mm. It's the things we do to heal that are causing the pain to loop because you're telling yourself every time you try to heal, there's something wrong with me. And that's what you keep getting more of. So I tell people when you understand that you're already healed, that's when you begin to heal, that you're okay. And that's why Dr. Sarno's, someone like you could read it and say, oh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm okay. The book's telling me okay. And then your being begins to match to adapt that. And so there isn't a program, but there are a lot of tools, of course, that that people can use. Like some people, journaling helps them. I find that it's not necessary most of the time, but sometimes People need to express those unconscious emotions and they want to write it down and they like it and it works. Other times it makes it worse like it did for me. It didn't do anything for me. And so there's no one set thing. I usually listen to them when I work with them and I'll listen to their words to see, all right, their words are the thing that's coming out from inside them. What are they saying to me? You know, they're worried about something or they're, they don't understand it or whatever. And I, I try to educate them on it. And so there's no single path. You know, if I could say do X, Y, and Z and you will heal, I would be, I would make Bill Gates look like a popper, right? <laughs> there's no single thing I can say. Other than, you know, people have read lines in The Great Pain Deception and they'll say, I read this line and my pain went away. Yeah. The one, I asked the one guy, I said, what was it? He said, uh, he goes, you said perfectionists go around angry all day long, but they don't even know it. Mm. And he said a tear began to form in his eye and he began to cry for the first time. He began to realize that he was a frozen man. He wasn't who he was pretending to be in the world. He wasn't living a full life. And same thing that happened to Helen when her husband said, you're talking about 40 years of repression here. She suddenly realized, I've been living a lie for 40 years. I haven't been living true to myself. And that truth set her free. Wow. It's simple as that. The light that is shed on the problem begins to set you free. And so there's no one thing or program, but there are certain things that I look for. That's amazing. It is. It's so amazing. Thank you, Steve. Now, I have a question that I've since I read the book has just been like, I've been dying to ask you and I knew that eventually we would connect. So I'm just like, it's still very surreal that we're here chatting. So I'm just very pleased. Okay. Here's my question. I have noticed, and I'm sure you have as well that in the past few years, and this might be very controversial and and you may not have the answer, but we've both noticed that there's been this huge trend of like how sitting down can kill you people that sit, you know, live shorter. You know, there's been the trend of the stand-up desks. Is this TMS in another clothing? Well, yeah, I guess. But once again, it goes back to belief. I always like to quote the great Henry Ford. You know, he said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. If you think sitting down is going to shorten your life, it will. Mm. Our beliefs, like the people who get these genitourinary tract infections that we're talking about and other things. I've had people say, you know, I was doing great, Steve. Then I saw commercials say that flip-flops are bad for your feet and I got immediate foot pain. (laughs) 
Yep. Because they believed it, okay? They believed it. If you believe these things, you know, I'm sure you will probably run into these, you know, what, what are 100-year-old people called? Centigenarians or something like that? Yeah. They probably sat around for 50 years. I don't know. I think it's all based on belief. If you believe something's wrong with your body, then it is, and it will stay that way. If you be- believe you're healed, then you are, and your body will most likely stay that way. If you believe something is bad for you, I believe that it will become bad for you. And so... You know, and of course, this is at the spiritual level we're talking about, where the biology manifests from deep beliefs. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing that more and more people. And I don't know if you've seen Greg Braden or if you even had Greg Braden on your no, show. No, no, I haven't. He's got that great video. I'm, I'm an engineer by degree. He's He was an engineer. I think he said he worked for the Defense Department. But once he saw this divine matrix and how this biology manifests, he left engineering like I did for TMS. But he's got that video on there where they healed that woman's inoperable tumor in real time. No on way. a video camera. Wow. If you just go to YouTube and look up Braden and cancer healing or whatever, you'll see it. And he did it in himself with the tumor. Oh, that's amazing. And so I'm seeing it. I've worked with people on Skype when I consult with them and their back pain of like seven and eight years disappeared while I was working with them because they were able to uproot the old paradigm in their mind and their belief changed. They believed quickly, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. And they healed. Now, it doesn't normally happen that way. Those are the rare people. But belief is everything here. Yeah. And so, you know, as far as sitting down, I, I'm a guy, I'm, a, I'm actually a fitness trainer myself, too. And I believe in exercise and I believe in balance and balance in our diet, you know, low acid food, more alkaline based. I believe in exercise. I believe in fun. I believe in love, all of these things. And so to me, it's all about harmony and balance. Mm, I love it. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad I got to ask you that question. So this has been fantastic. Before we wrap up, I might have another question or two, but I want to make sure where can our listeners find more about you? I definitely want them to recommend you've got three books. Is that correct? Three? Yes, sir. The first one was The Great Pain Deception that looks like you read. Correct. And that one's been changing a lot of lives, which I'm very honored. It's not my work, but I'm the messenger. The second one I wanted is a little teeny book, 70 pages long. I only wanted to honor Dr. Sarno. It's called Dr. John Sarno's Top 10 Healing Discoveries. Mm. So if anybody's curious about what you and I are talking about here, that's just a little teeny book. It's a few dollars. They can get the understanding of what's going on here. If they don't want to dive into the great pain deception like you did, you did a great job there. Because that's not an easy book to tackle. You know, that's a, that's it's about a long, 400 pages. Yeah, 400 pages. Yeah, I read every my, single page. My third book is called Back Pain Permanent Healing, Understanding the Myths, Lies, and Confusion. It's basically a long argument on why the medical industry is wrong as a whole. Of course, not all, everybody. Why Dr. Sarno is right and why very few people want to heal. As you run into yourself, not everybody's going to accept this. They're going to just turn their back and walk away. They're going to say, nope. I saw my imaging. I got a good doctor. He told me this. But we know now in retrospect that they're they're not right in almost every case. And so I have the three books. I'm at steveozanich.com if they want to ask a quick question or if they want to do a consult or if they even, you know, they want to say how good they're feeling. That would be – it's always fun to hear healing stories. Uh, It it excites me. Mm. But I'm just a messenger boy here. It's not my message. I'm just delivering this message, and I want to thank you again for the opportunity to be able to talk about it. Because if you and I only help one person here, we did a good thing here today. I couldn't agree more. You're doing great work, and I do believe you're more than just a messenger because when I look at what it was about your book from Dr. Sarno's work that helped me the most, it was your story. And that is your story. 
And that, that that's interesting because Dr. Sarno told me when he read my manuscript, I wanted him to see if he would endorse it because he rarely endorsed anything. He was a strict medical doctor. He was not a marketer. He was a great man. And so he said to me, Steve, the heart of your book is your story. He told me. Yeah. Absolutely. And so he said, you told it well. So I, I hope it, you know, I went through hell. You read it. I went through living hell. And if I can heal, anybody listening to this can heal. Trust in yourself and believe in yourself. Yeah. And I do invite you, everybody, to just keep an open mind. If there is anybody that you know or yourself that has suffered from any of the pains that we've described, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to try. And it could be saving a life, you know. My dad has, I've seen it over the last five, four or five years, right hip replacement, surgery, then the left hip went. That's right. Then the other, that's the symptom imperative. It will always yep. shift to somewhere else. And then it was the right knee and now his left, and he got a surgery there. Now his left knee is starting to feel it. You see, this is why I told you earlier why Dr. Sarno deserved the Nobel Prize for his discovery, not only of TMS, but of the, the symptom imperative phenomenon which is the number one one in that Dr. John Sarno's top 10 healing discoveries. That's the number one observation. It will simply shift. The surgery on his hip was not necessary. He didn't need it. And so the brain still needs a diversion. So it simply goes to another part of the body. Mm -hmm. I've seen people have back surgery and immediately get an ulcer because the problem did not go away. They think the surgery worked. And so they'll argue against TMS. They'll say, oh, that's wrong. My surgery worked. It did not work. It only shifted forms. That's all it did. And so Dr. Sarno used to say that great phrase, the brain will not be denied. It won't be denied. If it wants to complain and moan about something deep within the psyche, it's going to find a way. And you did not stop it with your last surgery. And of course, we didn't talk about it, but the placebo effect is one of the most problematic things in all of healing because people think the drugs work. They think the physical therapy worked. They think the chiropractic manipulation worked. The surgery worked. It did not work. It did not work. It only shifted forms. Yeah. Okay. But once again, remember I was talking about belief. If you believe what you got worked, then it might work. But not because there was anything wrong. It was your belief in it. And of course, in my in the new book, I just mentioned the back pain book. You know, I talk about all of the placebo trials. There is not one single study in all the medical literature that proves that herniated discs cause back pain. Not one. Wow. And everyone disproves it. Every study shows that they do not cause pain. But everybody believes the unproven side because they want to believe something's physically wrong with their body. Why? Because their pain is protecting them from things they don't want to know. So, of course, they want to believe something's wrong with their body. They, they don't want to face what's causing the pain. You know, I talk about the Volvo studies they did on whiplash in my new book. You know, they strapped people into two Volvo cars. They simulated a crash, a virtual reality crash. And there was no crash. Right after the study, 20% of the people had whiplash. Okay, and and keep in mind, the necks never moved, the heads never moved. Okay, long term, 10% of the people had chronic whiplash that they could not heal. Now, that's not the most important part of the study. The most important part is, is that those 10% of the people, the study said, scored highest on the psychosocial stress scale that they gave. In other words, those people had the personality type we're talking about. Those people had precipitous life changes. Those people had the most traumatic childhoods. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they were in a TMS state already and the virtual simulated crash just gave them a trigger 
to trigger the whiplash that never actually occurred. Mm. So they the, they're the ones who needed the diversion the most at that point in time. And of course, I talked about vertebroplasty too. That's like a cement these doctors at the Mayo Clinic invented to inject into the spine to fix broken backs like your friend had. Yeah. And they were so happy with themselves. You know, we've outsmarted Mother Nature. You know, we're smart people. They did over a million of them that they called successful around the world. But then they recognized, wait a minute, we injected this into the wrong disc and the person healed immediately. And wow. to their credit, Dr. Combs was one of the inventors of it. They said, are we doing anything here? Or is it their belief? And so they set up a trial, a double-blind trial. And there was also another one going on in Australia at the time. At the very same time, they, they were independent of each other. And the people healed just the same. With The ones who thought they got the actual shot healed just as fast. There was a woman who had broken back, and within like a couple of days, she was up golfing. And they didn't. she didn't get a shot at all? No, they simulated. It has a very pungent smell, I guess. And they put the smells out and all these beepers and buzzers. And they, <laughs> they made something on the skin to make her think that they got it. And they yep. healed. Yeah. They healed. It's your belief. Once again, belief, belief, belief. You know, if you think you're broken, then you are, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if we have a broken femur, you know, we're not going to say belief's going to heal it. Although I have seen some yogis claim that they healed their, their broken bones through us. But, you know, we'll need a doctor to set that or we'll need someone to tie off an artery. We'll need all of these things, of course. We still need good medical doctors. This is not an anti-doctor message. This is an anti-method you know, method message. This is status quo thing. We're trying to switch the status quo here. And there, are, there's an army of people out there like me right now that have healed from it, that are writing books and now setting up little consultation things to help people because they want to spread this message. Yeah. And so understand what's going on. You said it good a couple minutes ago. You really did. You know, it, it doesn't hurt anything to read about it, does it? It Nothing. doesn't. No. Oh, not at all. And at the core of your message of just coming from love, not fear, there's only good things happen when we truly do that. Excellent. Good, nice summary because that's it. Love is the answer. Not only did the great prophets know it, but the Beatles knew it in the 1960s. Mm, Yeah. Steve, this has been fantastic. I, again, thank you so much. Any final thoughts that you feel like our listeners might need to wrap this up? You gave me a really good opportunity to talk about a lot of things. And so I don't think so. No, always be responsible for your life, right? Well, you and I are not doctors. Let me ask you a question real quick then. Do you ever once in a while get little flare-ups or like, oh, there it is. And then you just like, you know how to dissolve it. It's funny, you know, people ask that a lot, you know, and they got me thinking that. I start raising my arms and twisting. I'm thinking, I start thinking, why am I even thinking about this? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think about it. Yeah. If I did get something, I wouldn't pay any attention to it because I know my brain would be trying to divert my mind to my body. In other words, I'm asking too much for myself at that time. I will say when I was re- trying to release that last book, Back Pain, Permanent Healing, I had four books I was trying to release at the same time. Two of them were children's books. Wow. And my right shoulder was beginning to stiffen up on me. I was having trouble raising my arm, my hand above my shoulder. And I realized at that point, I am not relaxing enough. I'm not having enough fun. I just pushed all the books aside. I started to go out and have fun again, and it, and it just disappeared. I didn't even really pay attention to it. And so, yes, as Dr. Sarno so insightfully observed, this is an emotional barometer, the phrase he used, barometer. If you're starting to get something, it's time to start looking inward. What is going on inside that I'm not aware of? Yeah. And so, you know, it's just part of the human condition. It's that simple. If you get your knee starts hurting you, it just means you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to go through your daily duties and be responsible. 
And so don't feel bad about yourself. A lot of people get upset when they have a relapse and they call me or they write to me, Steve, I let you down or I can't believe it. I know about TMS and yet I'm getting another problem. Don't worry about it. It just means you're human. That's all. And you're asking too much from yourself at this moment in time. And so relax. Hmm. The more we relax, the less fear there is, the more love enters our lives and the quicker we heal. Well, you'd mentioned forgiveness of others. And I think sometimes, especially in these moments, forgiveness to ourselves. You know, well, that's little, that's another excellent point yeah. because a lot of the times people get what I'm talking about and they forget about what their body's doing and they hire me and they talk to me about how do I learn to love again? Mm. How do I learn to love again? And there's only one way and that is through forgiveness. You cannot love anybody else if you hate yourself. You have to have, and we're not talking about narcissism here. We're talking about real love, you know, God's love, natural love. We have to have an amount of love for ourselves to be able to project that into other relationships. But when you hate yourself, we tend to criticize everybody around us. We find fault in everybody around us. We project that. Freud used the term projection. Jung used the word shadow casting. You know, he said the shadow in ourselves is most often encountered within projection. Mm-hmm. When we're complaining about other people, it's really an aspect of ourselves that we hate and despise that we're projecting onto them. You know, it's not me that has a problem. It's the other guy. But once again, this is learned behavior. As children, we learned this. TMS didn't suddenly appear in adulthood. We learned as children that we weren't good enough at some point. Mm-hmm. We've got to be better through things like Dr. Sarno called subtle abuse. He said, you know, I see it in my patients a lot. Their parents subtly abuse them by saying things like, you know, why did you get a second place trophy? Why couldn't you get the first place trophy? Or why did you get an A minus in school? Why didn't you get an A plus? Little things like this to a child make the child think, well, you know, I'm not a good person. I'm not good enough. I got to be better. That's why they turn into goodists and perfectionists because they're trying to gain that love and that praise. And so, you know, love is the answer, but they don't like themselves because they don't feel like they're good enough. And so forgiveness is the key, which is what Gerald Jampolsky talked about in that book, Love is Letting Go of Fear. You know, he began to forgive, you know, and so you have to forgive yourself for all the things you've done wrong in your life, all the things you think you've done wrong, all the things you think people have done to you, and the body begins to heal. And so I don't know if you remember, James, but on the last page of my book, after 10 years of writing, I thought, you know what, I better kind of summarize this book because it's a long, <laughs> dense book. And I thought, you know, it may, it may be blown over some people's heads. I don't know because this is how I think. That's how I wrote that book. That's how my brain thinks like that. Yeah. And so I thought if they didn't get it, I better summarize it. So I said, <laughs> oh, I sat back for weeks and thought, all right, what is the one word I can use here? And I thought, ah, there it is, you know. So I said, if I can sum this whole book up in one word, it is guilt. It's guilt, guilt that I'm not good enough, guilt that I should have been a better person, I should have done more, that I'm not lovable, all these things. And when we can learn to forgive through the guilt, then the love comes through. And so, yeah, good. I'm glad you brought up some great points. I really appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate you, Steve. This is just such a beautiful message. And I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. Folks, we're going to link up everything that Steve and I mentioned here today on this episode, including his website, the link to his books. Please, again, if there's anyone you know, or yourself included, that has dealt with any of this stuff, it doesn't hurt to look into it with an open mind. Steve, thank you again. I wish you the best as you continue spreading the good word because you're just you're doing a great job. 
thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I had a good time. You know, hopefully we've helped somebody here today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.